Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. As we reflect upon our lives and determine what is important to us, it is critical that we realize that Jesus must be the center of our lives. He must be the beginning of all things and the end of all things. He can't be second place for us, and he can't be an afterthought. He must be the foundation and center from which all other things flow from our lives. Join us in this podcast as Kim Miller takes us through the scriptures and shows us God's will to have him first and foremost in our lives. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. What an absolute pleasure it is to know that Jesus loves us and that he has a plan for us, that he has a desire to spend time for us. The Bible says that greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus willingly laid his life down that you and I might go to heaven. Jesus became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus paid a price for our sin, yet he had never sinned. That is amazing love. And God has said, thou will have no other gods before me. And Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit and God the Father are three in one. And when Jesus came to pay our penalty for our sins, he demonstrated his love for us. And we love him because he first loved us. And as we begin to look at our lives and begin to think, how does our lives demonstrate or reflect any of those events that Jesus did for us? And you say, well, Kim, what do you mean? I mean that when an earthly friend does something for me, my life reflects gratitude and gratefulness. People around me will know that me and that individual are friends. Conversations will take place with complete strangers to that friend, but those strangers to that friend will know my friend because they know me because I have spoken of that friend. See, the things that we love are easily seen. Sports teams that we support, we walk around wearing shirts and and toboggans and gloves and socks. We are seen in the stadiums cheering and yelling. We are good with people knowing those people are our friends. 
those teams are the ones we love. We talk of the players on the teams as if they are friends and family. And for most of us, when we're talking about pro teams, none of that is true. They're neither friend nor family. Yet the King of kings and the Lord of lords who paid a sin debt for us that we couldn't pay ourselves and he didn't owe, yet the Savior of our souls who shed his blood and gave his life for us, many of us do not speak of to anyone. Perhaps a select few that we go to church with, that we know it's safe to speak to because they'll be in agreement and no one's going to make fun of us or no one's going to be offended. They offended our Savior when they mocked him and cast stones at him and drove his side with spears and hung him on the cross of Calvary and pressed these thorns in his scalp. And he did that with you and me on his mind. He did that because he loved us. And he said, whosoever believes on me shall be saved. And so we read in Scripture that salvation is available to all of us. And we see where he says, come unto me as little children. And so we as adults and children and young people and everybody in between begin to get an idea of what we call easy salvation. Let me clear something up for you. Salvation wasn't easy. It cost Jesus his life. It cost God his only begotten son. There was a lot of pain and turmoil and anguish and tears. There's nothing easy about salvation. The receiving of salvation, that's a different story. Because you have to believe. And he will freely give it to you. And how could you not believe in the name of the only begotten Son? How could you not believe in a God that could turn water into wine, that could take four or five loaves of bread and some fish and and feed 5,000 and pick up 12 baskets when the feeding is done? How could you not believe in a God that speaks and even the winds and the waves obey his will? How could you not believe in a God that provided a lamb for Abraham so that he wouldn't have to sacrifice his only son. How could you not believe in a God that kept Noah and his family safely in the ark? How could you not believe in a God that spared Daniel in the lion's den because Daniel believed? How could you not believe in a God who let a little boy named David Take out a great big giant because he said the battle's not mine, it belongs to the Lord. How could you not believe in a God that broke the chains of prison and they stood there singing praises because God was with them? many within the sound of my voice don't believe in him. But those of you who believe in God, 
have a responsibility to understand who he is. And from Genesis to Revelations, the greatest love letter ever written, we can know God because we can know Jesus. But one of the statutes in the commandments that we read is found in Exodus 23, and it says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. He has to be your all in all. But as I stated earlier, how could he not be? Our text today comes from Revelation chapter 21, verses 5 through 6, and they read as this. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. I am the beginning and the end. Right. These things are true and faithful. Imagine John on the Isle of Patmos as he has been given all of this revelation from God and he saw the things that God was having him to write. It must have been hard to take in. But I imagine there were some things that he really couldn't keep from under standing because God's love was so real and his presence was so great. And one of the things I think we as Christians, though we don't understand how we are born again, neither did Nicodemus, but we have the ability to believe through faith, that he, and he gives us faith if we ask, but we have this faith inside of us that he continually gives us data showing that he demonstrates that he is true and that he is real and that he loves us and that his grace is sufficient. But he says, I am the beginning and the end. If you love Jesus, he'll be the beginning of all you are and all you have. And he will be the end of all you are and all you have. And you say, well, Kim, well, what, what do you mean by that? I mean that he is your all in all. That he is the center on which everything else revolves around. He is the pivotal point of all things in your life. He is the foundation of who you are. He's the foundation of how you live. His word is true and it is faithful and you stick to it and you are committed to it and you follow it and you allow him to lead you and you spend time with him, devoted time with him, scheduled time with him. He's not an afterthought or a maybe or if I can work him in. He has distinct appointment times in your day every day, multiple times a day for you to read his word, for you to spend time with him, for you to be still and know that he is God, for you to be able to commune with him, for you to hear what he has to say as you begin to pray and ask God to reveal to you things that you need to know. As you begin to ask God, what is the purpose of my life? What do you have for me, Lord? Open the doors that need to be opened so that I can fulfill 
steal that which you have from me. Lord, close things so that I don't get tempted. Give me a direct light that I can follow. Keep me in the center of your will. He is the beginning and the end of your thoughts. He's where you go for your help. He's where you go for your joy. He's where you go for your instructions. He's where you go for your entertainment. He's where you go for your companionship. He's where you go for your comfort. He's where you go for your healing. He's where you rest your head at night as you begin to thank him for the blessings because he got you through another day, not by just enduring it, but you have celebrated the relationship you have with him, the joy of his creation, the life he has given you, the calling upon it. Jesus loves you and you know it and you can feel it and he's the beginning of all you are. He's the end of all you are and nothing in between matters because he is everything to you. Jesus loves me. This I know. See, he says that he'll give unto them that are thirsty a fountain of water of life freely. You can read that verse over and over and over again. And no doubt, much of that verse will speak to you in many different ways, but there's one thing he says, and he's clear, that if he's the beginning and he's the end, that when you come to him thirsty, seeking him, wanting him, desiring him, wanting to be in the center of his will, wanting to have your heart filled with him, that he will give you the water to quench your thirst, just as he did in John chapter 4 to the woman at the well. She came with empty pot, and he filled her to overflowing. He'll do the same for you as he did for her because he's no respecter of persons. But I want you to see that it's a water of life. Do you want to know what the secret of life is? It's no secret what God can do. What he did for others, he'll do for you. It is no secret that God loves you. And when you come to him willing to make one decision every day, that is the decision to deliberately follow him. When you come to him with that in your heart and mind, then you will know the secret of life. The way to have life and to have it more abundantly because he's going to fill your thirst freely with a water that never runs dry. See, he will freely give you a life that is not attached to bondage anymore because those that love the Lord, there is therefore now no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So the things of the world don't hold you anymore. You're no longer a slave to sin. You are free with the water of life that he gives to those who are athirst to follow and seek after him. He says, behold, old things are passed away and all things are become new and we are new creatures in him. We are new in him. Sin has no more dominion over us. Now we live into the world, we live in the world and the devil's the prince of the power of the air, but 
We are told that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world in 1 John 4, 4. We have a power within us to overcome anything the devil has to throw after us. But it requires a couple of things. In Matthew twenty two thirty seven, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. You got to love him above all else and above anyone else. He has to be first and foremost in your life so that you can be given that free living water that will give you the life of abundance in him. And the joy unspeakable. He is the greater yes. You may say no to thing after thing of the world. You may have to say no to the flesh every day because of some addiction you might have. But he will be the greater yes. He will fill you to overflowing. And he will give you what you cannot give yourself. And you cannot outgive him. You cannot outsacrifice him. He will see the things that you do. And those things done in secret. He will bring out into the open. Because Jesus loves you and he wants to give to you. And if you seek him, you will find him. And he will bless you abundantly for the life that is lived in love and devotion to him. Oh, how he loves you and oh, how he loves me. And if people you love here on earth who are mere mortals give you things because they love you. Open doors of success because they want to help you, who want good things for you. How much more will the Father of lights give you, according to his riches and his glory, the things that are specifically maintained and created just for your use and your enjoyment? He knows the plans that he has. Stick with him, and he will bless you abundantly. He'll give you the desires of your heart when you delight yourself in him. But it requires, as we begin to close this lesson down, that you seek him first. In Matthew 6, 33, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. When you get hooked up with Jesus, and you couple up with him, and you... Align yourself with his will for your life. Then everything else is going to fall in place. Because that's his promise. You don't have to figure anything out. You just get up every morning saying, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you over the world. I choose you over my pride. I choose you over myself. I choose the circumstance that you have for me to walk through today because I am so committed and my faith is so strong that I believe and that I know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose, as Romans 8, 28 says. And as I begin to put on the armor of God and I use it effectively as a tool against the devil because it's what you've given me. And as I walk hand in hand and side by side to you and I begin to look at Luke 4, 8, I'm going to say, just as you did, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. So Lord, right now, 
as we are listening to your words through me, reading straight out of your scriptures, I pray that you would give us a desire to serve you, to wrap ourselves inside of your loving care and your allow you to wrap yourself around us and to hold us and to lead us and to guide us and to lose ourselves in you that we may truly find who we are meant to be. Lord, you are the beginning and you are the end. You created me and you will keep that which I have committed unto you against that very day. And at the end of life here, it will be, hello, God. And I have made my calling and election sure, and it is my prayer that you have done so too. And in doing so, not only will he be the beginning and the end of all that you know here, he is the end in which you await. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. You got nothing to fear because perfect love casts out all fear. And Jesus loves you. This I know. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com watwm where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Women of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved.